Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. episode for the Femi podcast. We are really excited to be back with you and thank you for joining us for hopefully the first episode and now we are going to go a little bit deeper into our own hormone health. But before we get started, how are you? How's your week been? Week's been really good, thanks Liz. We're um, finally in level three, so got literally level four with takeaways as we call it here. Um, But I've been making up for lost time on the takeaway front um, which has been really good. How are you been? Yeah, I've been good. We are still in lockdown in Melbourne. I think we're at day 250,496. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's what it feels like. Literally, though. Yeah, no, all good. <laughs> I am, um, yeah, just killing time by running a lot at the moment, which is good. Um, enjoying training. Running is definitely one thing that's getting me through lockdown. I have been able to run with someone different pretty much every single day. So it's a nice way to connect with other people and just get out and breathe some fresh air. How's your training going? Training's going really well, I think. Um, I obviously, with lockdown over here, they're like really strict. So you're actually not allowed to run with anyone apart from who you live with. So I've had a solid six weeks of training alone, which has been all right. Um, But yeah, coming back from a few niggles and injuries, um, it's been good and I'm back up to actually the most Ks I've been able to run in a long time. So I think although injuries are tough, this one was a blessing for me because it's um, fixed a few of the things that I think were wrong with me with a lot of rehab. Um, So I'm really happy and training's going well. Um, Hopefully we get to race soon, but how are you going, lads? Are you smashing your 100,000K weeks? <laughs> I um, have been running big Ks lately. So I was in training for the Melbourne Marathon. Um, that was meant to be in October, but has now been pushed to December. So I have more time to run more Ks, but I am taking a down week next week just to let the body reset a little bit, um, let the body absorb the training. It has been hard over the last 18 months you know, through COVID with races being cancelled all the time, um, not having uh, those, I guess, start lines to periodize our training and to force ourselves to take taper weeks and recovery weeks. And I've fallen into, um, I guess, just a place of continuously training at a pretty high level without taking down weeks. So next week is a down week. I'm actually really looking forward to it. It's going to be a challenge because I am, I put my hand up. I'm addicted to running and um, <laughs> I I know it's going to be hard not running as much as I usually would, but I definitely understand that it's very needed and it will pay off for sure. So hopefully you listened to the first episode and understood like our own experience with training um, and exercise and running and in particular um, and why it started Femi. And today we just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into our own hormonal journeys, kind of our own experience with um, REDS, which is Relative Energy Deficiency Syndrome, and the reasoning behind why we wanted to start Femi and educate more females around the world, how they can work to their physiology and the importance of hormone health. 
So, yes, do you want to jump in first? Your kind of hormone journey and your experience with Redis started a lot younger than mine did. Um, and I think we have different stories. So yours was when you were younger, right? When you were a teenager. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, I think I got my period originally when I was 13. So it was actually quite young, especially for a, a runner. Um, so I was obviously like a healthy weight and um, yeah, but my body was functioning pretty well. Um, and then I started to get successful at running and I remember seeing this photo of myself crossing the line. Um, I just remember looking at that photo and being like, oh, I don't look like a runner, whatever that looks like. And thinking that I looked a bit chunky or I didn't like what I saw basically. Um, and so that sort of started me on this journey of like restricting my eating. So I slowly but surely got pretty obsessed with it. Um, and it probably got really bad at like the age, maybe 14 to 15 and a little bit longer than that as well. Um, where I was like, had a strict diet of the exact same food every day. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd eat a giant bowl of Sultana bran. And then I would not eat any food again till lunchtime. So that's probably, you know, five or six hours, no food. Um, and then I would eat one piece of toast with half a can of baked beans. And then I would not eat again until dinner. So another six, six or seven hours, no food. And I was running probably 15K a day at this young age, being overtrained dramatically. Um, and then if dinner wasn't on the table by 6 p.m., I would start crying sometimes and I would throw tantrums. And um, yeah, I just wasn't okay at all. And basically, as I started to restrict my eating, um, I did lose a lot of weight and I, I lost my menstrual cycle. And the thing is, I was relatively like successful before I started doing that sort of thing to my body. And then I was still successful for a while once I lost my cycle. So I had some some really good running and races and stuff. But following that, um, my mum, one night when I started crying and dinner wasn't ready at six, she said, okay, we're taking you to a nutritionist. And I got really upset and obviously put up a fight. But mum said, you either do that or you're not allowed to run ever again. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I definitely need to go then because I need to keep running. Um, so I went to the nutritionist and she told me all the food I needed to eat. And I was just like, so shocked. I was like, no way. She's like, you have to have two sandwiches for lunch. And I was like, two sandwiches. Are you kidding? And like eat all day, like every two to three hours she wanted me to eat. Um, and I was really sad about it. Um, and then obviously I started doing it and, um, I did put on weight because I was, I was very underweight. I was, I was, you know, definitely anorexic, um, wasn't eating enough. I was very underweight and skinny. Um, and then, yes, yeah, so I put on weight and my running. Oh, and before this all happened, I also got a stress fracture as well. Um, and I got a bit sick. Um, so I got bronchitis, glandular fever and all these different things that were starting to pop up. Um, which were affecting my running. And then I started eating more food. I put on a little bit of weight. Um, I struggled with my running because finally I was allowing my body to go through puberty, which I'd like pushed, put off for so long. Um, and then, yeah, I think my body was just so messed up from what I'd done to it for about a year and a half or so that um, I wasn't as good at running anymore. And I still had good success, but 
um, I prided myself on when I used to win everything when I was younger and I, I only enjoyed winning. Um, so basically when, when that happened and I put on weight and stuff, I kept trying for about two to three years and then I just gave up running, um, because mentally I wasn't in it anymore, but yeah, I think like the impact of what I'd done to my body, um, really affected like my mental state as well. So I ended up quitting running, but yeah, looking back, I'm so lucky that my mum did that to me because obviously the impact that redis can have on your bone health long-term, um, can be quite, um, devastating. So I was really lucky that I got, um, the help that I needed when I did. And I wouldn't change a thing from what I did because it's, um, it's taught me really valuable lessons about how we need to nourish and care for our bodies rather than just punish them um, to look a certain way. Because, yeah, the end result is never never probably what you want. What do you think it was about that photo that you saw when you were pretty young that made you think that you didn't look like a the certain runner that, that you thought you should look like? Like, where did that pressure or expectation come from? Uh Probably, yeah, what you're fed, what I was fed um, by coaches and then also um, what I would see around me. So, you know, you get to a start line and there's like the tiniest people around you um, and then they do well. So you think that you need to look like that. Um, but then also my male coaches um, would say comments like you need to be leaner or, you know, they would they wouldn't talk about periods or they would just call them a nuisance. Um, but yeah, I think probably a combination of those two, like seeing different um, really lean bodies around me and thinking that I needed to look like that um, to be fast. And then also like pressure from coaches. Um, but yeah, I just remember seeing that photo and I was so disgusted with myself and it makes me sad because I was so, I was, you know, I think I was in between 13 and 14 then. And it just breaks my heart that I like cared that much um, and was so mean to myself, you know, following it's, that photo. It's such a dangerous place for young, not just females, either males to fall into as well. You know, during those teenage years, we all go through puberty at different ages and some people grow and, you know, we should never, ever compare ourselves to anyone else, but especially at that age, because we're all at such different stages of our lives, you know. And so you might have gone through puberty, um, you know, as a 12-year-old, and you're when you're 15, you're lining up against someone who might not even have got to that stage of their life yet, you know, and you're comparing mm-hmm. yourself to that person. So it's so it can be so dangerous for young girls to be comparing themselves to each other and I feel um worried about the next generation because they're not comparing themselves to the girls they're lining up on the start line with but comparing themselves to girls on social media all around the world who have edited their photos that you know they're not even realistic so it's um yeah it's a dangerous place and it's a bit scary do you want to just jump into, we'll talk maybe a little bit more about Reds. I know we have spoken about it quite a lot at FEMI um, and especially with our FEMI experts on Instagram, but let's just dive a little bit deeper into what Reds is just so the listeners can understand what we are talking about when we do discuss relative energy deficiency syndrome. Do you want to just go into the background behind it, Est? Yeah, for sure. So Reds, it can start from different forms of stress on the the female body so it can be um like it was for me under eating um or a combination of that and overtraining 
or it could be life stresses, or it could be too much high-intensity work, not enough recovery, but any form of um, extreme stress on the body that's over a prolonged period. And I shouldn't say extreme stress because sometimes it's not even that extreme. Um, Every woman is different, and it might just be that you're really busy at work, um, and that could be enough for your body to be under too much stress. So basically, yeah, when when that stress level is too high, from any form of stress, our um, bodies will eventually stop ovulating. So um, ovulation will shut down and we'll eventually lose our period for um, however long we're in that stress state and our body doesn't feel safe enough to have a menstrual cycle um, because obviously pregnancy is a very um, energy-requiring process. So your body needs to feel safe that it can um, follow through with a pregnancy and that's obviously what the menstrual cycle is ultimately aiming for. Um, but yeah, our bodies need to feel in a safe zone to have a, or yeah, ovulate so that we can have a pregnancy. So basically your body will stop um, those um, hormones such as estrogen rising massively before um, ovulation that will shut that down and yeah, you'll, you'll lose your period. So yeah, first sign is like a luteal dysfunction. So if the second half of your cycle from when you ovulate to when you get your period starts to change. Or basically it could just like look like one period or one menstrual cycle you get is normally 28 days and then the next cycle is randomly 35 and then the next cycle after that is 22 um, and you start to see this like irregularity. That's like your first sign to really be aware of. So um, as a female, we're really lucky we have that sign that we can just um, track our cycle and know that something's changing and that potentially we're under too much stress or we're not eating enough food um, or we need to pull back on our training a little bit if we're not recovering properly. Um, but then after that, yeah, your body will eventually just shut down having the menstrual cycle. So you will lose your period. And even if you start to get that luteal dysfunction and the irregular irregularity in your period um, when it comes every month, Go see a health professional if you're worried, um, a woman's health professional. And then if you do lose a cycle, definitely see a woman's health professional. So um, Sarah, our expert, said even one lost cycle, you should go and chat to a woman's health professional because it's probably a lot easier to get into redest than it is to get out of it. Um, You have to, yeah, work pretty hard to get out of it. So if you can stay from if you can avoid getting into it in the first place, that's a lot better. <laughs> yeah. And I like um, when we talk about stress, like S mentioned, stress can come in so many different forms, whether it's emotional stress, you know, at the moment, you know, the world has been a pretty crazy place over the last 18 months. So there's a lot of emotional stress going on, work stress, family stress, and then training stress on top of that. I think there is quite a negative at the moment um, idea or negative connotations around stress and stress isn't like such a bad thing. Sometimes it's really good to put your body under stress because that's where you're going to get growth. But ultimately it's all about how we actually feel that stress and be able to make sure we're taking in enough energy for the output that we're giving out. Right. So I know back in the day and even when I went through redis myself, which was probably about four or five years ago now, I was definitely unaware of what redis was and all I understood at the time was about the female athlete triad, which that was kind of the term before redis came about. And obviously it was all in relation to females and female athletes and the 
I guess three things that come into play is um, underfueling and most likely suffering an eating disorder. That was kind of what was known at the time. Um, and then um, losing menstruation or losing our menstrual cycles. And on top of that, getting stress fractures. So uh, ultimately, if you were suffering the female athlete triad, you were underweight or anorexic, you were um, getting stress fractures and you didn't have a cycle. And so when I lost my period, um, yeah, about four or five years ago, I didn't fall under the female athlete triad because I wasn't underweight. I was definitely not fueling myself enough, um, but I wasn't underweight and I wasn't suffering stress fractures. So because I only lost my cycle, which I should, shouldn't say only, but you know, in that regards, it is only lost my cycle and I didn't have the other two symptoms. I didn't fall into the female athlete triad. So to me, losing my cycle wasn't such a big deal and I probably just didn't think about it enough and like I don't actually remember what I was thinking when I lost my cycle I don't remember you know three or four months into not having a period what was going through my mind I think I just completely ignored it or was just unaware that it had been that long and then I think it was about um all up I lost my cycle for nine months and um I didn't even it didn't even really cross my mind that I should probably do something about it. And so it wasn't until after I had lost my cycle for that amount of time. And I, and I ended up having to actually quit my job because I was um, under so much stress and suffering severe fatigue at the time where I dove a lot deeper into understanding hormone health and finding out a lot more information about relative energy deficiency syndrome in sport and understanding that that's what I was suffering and it wasn't chronic fatigue, which I thought it was at the time. Um, fatigue was definitely one of the side effects of that what I was facing. Um, but on top of that, I had lost my menstrual cycle for nine months. My um, I had really bad um, bowel movements. So like my internal organs were just kind of shutting down. Um, I ended up in hospital with appendicitis, which, um, you know, at the time the doctors wouldn't have seen a correlation between everything going on. But I know now like my body was just definitely giving me signs that I needed to start fueling my body properly. So what led me to this point was definitely work stress. I was working a pretty um, hectic job with a lot of pressure and I was on the go 24-7. Um, I also was trying to train for marathons and I'm sure we all know like training for marathons in itself is just not an easy feat. Like it's a lot of time on feet and a lot of stress in the body. I was also boxing. So that's a completely different form of um, training to marathon training. It's very high intensity. So I was in the gym a lot. My heart rate was, you know, through the roof every single day. I just wasn't giving myself the time to recover. Um, and so I wasn't sleeping at all. I wasn't, I was barely sleeping um, and I was barely giving myself time to rest. So my body ultimately um, gave up on me. <laughs> and I think I had signs and symptoms for probably at least six months, if not longer, where um, my hair was falling out. I had severe acne, like pretty my skin was just breaking out really bad I obviously had those really bad bowel move bowel regularities um I my my period had gone um and then I just I actually had this twitching eye that twitched for six months straight and um that's crazy and I just completely ignored it all because I wanted to um push through and I wanted to be a hero and I wanted to be a superwoman who could do you know um everything and do everything at 150 percent so I 
tried to push it aside until the, the day that I couldn't any longer and, and realized that I needed to do something about it. And I ended up having to quit my job um, and take, you know, a step back and everything and let my body actually heal. And yeah, it was probably about three, I would say three months plus after leaving my job and pulling back in my training that my cycle came back. And it probably was about 18 months that I actually felt like myself again and felt like I had energy to actually run. I, I remember trying to run um, through that period of um, where I was super fatigued and my heart rate was, you know, 180 plus on the easy jog. So that was a massive sign for me to be like, take a break, <laughs> your body can't keep doing this. And even nowadays when I am coaching people or running with people and I can hear, you can almost hear in people's breath when they are fatigued, you can hear through their breathing that they are working a lot harder than they should be and their body's telling them that they need to slow down. So I, if I was, you know, looking back and I wish I paid more attention to it now and if I was, you know, in anyone's position now where they are wondering if they're on the verge of fatigue or, um, even read S, just like really focus on how your body actually feels and, and your breathing. Like, I think that's a massive part of it. I think learning to breathe, um, you know, deeper, like giving yourself the time and the space to relax is so important. And I think that's why I like love yoga now. Like yoga for me is such an outlet for me to obviously stretch because I'm so inflexible, but also <laughs> like a really good way to teach your body to relax and to actually use your breath to relax. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, looking back on my journey with Red S and, and it's yours as well. Like, why do you think we just ignored it? Or why do you think we just like, didn't pay any attention to these signs of losing our menstrual cycles or just didn't care at the time? Like, it's pretty crazy now knowing what we know, like thinking back that we just didn't pay any attention to what our bodies were trying to tell us. Yeah, such a good question, but it's it's like obviously with what we've learned and everything now, it's definitely um, the lack of education and the lack of knowledge that a menstrual cycle is important for a female. I think when I was 15, 14, I literally had no idea that that was bad for me, that I'd lost my cycle. Like I, I was just like, oh, yeah, cool, all good. I've only had it for like a year. It's fine. I had no clue that I was doing damage to my body. Um, and I think for the same with you, like obviously you knowing it as the female athlete triad and you weren't getting stress fractures. Like it's just the fact that we didn't understand that there's so many different aspects of what we call, what we call it now of RDS. Um, that could be um, part of what's going on with your body. So yeah, I definitely think it was lack of education and also um, yeah, people that are either coaching you or um, or a part of your journey, um, like a mentor in a way, not also knowing. Um, so mm -hmm. none of my coaches knew that having a cycle was important. I think now we're so lucky that we have a platform with Femi and um, we're able to pass on what we didn't know and help people hopefully not um, ignore the signs and um, really get to know their body and track their cycle just so that they know that every month it's regular or obviously women with underlying medical conditions, they, they're not going to have that. Um, but we, with a regular menstrual cycle, you do have that. So really using that to your advantage and just, um, 
keeping track of it. And obviously when you're younger as well, um, you're not going to have really regular menstrual cycles um, for your first few years of menstruating. So just being aware of that as well. So not worrying too much if they're not super regular when you've just got your um, menstrual cycle when you're younger. But as you start to get, you know, 17, 18, 19, if there's those irregularities onwards, then you should be getting some help and being aware that it's, it is, um, yeah, it's a warning sign. Yeah, it's crazy looking back at what we were being fed and even what our coaches believed. And I don't necessarily blame, you know, our coaches or any coaches out there that don't um, know what is right because it's only what they've been educated on as well. I think whether as you started is in, you know, the way that the world works and that the sports science studies that have been done have been done purely on men and very little on females. It's pretty exciting to think that it is changing and that there is more research studies going on around female athletes and we're just going to learn more and more about our bodies. But, you know, when I think about the coaches back in the day, um, it was like if you had a natural cycle, then you're getting pushed to get on the pill to get rid of it. And if you had a natural cycle, but you've lost it because of underfueling and overtraining, then that's a good thing. It's like these two things that are so wrong for us to be performing at the level that we want to perform and also feel the best that we can feel within our bodies is um, yeah, either getting told to lose your period through training harder and eating less or lose your period by getting on the OCP. So it's crazy now, I think, being able to embrace your natural cycle and fuel yourself to have a really healthy natural cycle. um, We know that's the best way forward. And I I think personally, I'm really excited for the future of female athletes and female sport because, you know, we're only just learning this information now and females are already performing at such an amazing level and doing such amazing things to think about where we could be in another five or 10 years when athletes have really embraced their physiology and feel so much more confident in their bodies and stop comparing themselves and hopefully stop feeling external pressures of having to look certain ways. They can actually use their strengths, um, play to their strengths and look after their bodies and can't wait to see kind of what athlete, female athletes are, are going to achieve in the future. And hopefully we'll be part of that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. awesome well that's a little bit of a snippet behind our hormone health and our hormone journeys um hopefully you guys took something away from this if you have further questions about either of our journeys or your own journey and you want to chat to us about it definitely reach out to us um on instagram at femi.co or you can send us an email and our website is femi.co as well but thank you for joining us stay tuned for next week we are going to have a very exciting guest come on we're going to be interviewing guests every second week from now onwards so we can be able to share um other female um, athletes journeys as well so Thanks for tuning in. We will see you or chat to you next week.